You are listening to the Boker Broadcast, a War Machine and Hordes podcast centered on the NJSOB meta. Sit back and take a listen as we discuss fluff, the rules, or anything else that catches our attention. Special thanks to the More Than Dice Podcast Network for hosting the podcast. And welcome to episode 18 of the Boker Broadcast. I am Seth Is it really 18 already? It is 18. Can you believe it? Hey, August is actually one year, right? I was going to say. Yeah. August is one year, and I'm going to pull out our first recording and remind you guys of what your um, uh, 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 goals were, right? Because I'd asked you in the first episode, what's your goal this year? So, um, you know, we'll see how we do. But uh, with me at that broadcast was Mr. Stephen Rabideau and Mr. Arthur Continelli, who are also with me here at this episode. So welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Thanks for having me. here, Seth. Thank you very much. There we go. There we go. Why Uh, are we thanking you? We're all in the same squad here. We're not guests. (laughs) Special guest, Arthur Continelli. (laughs) Um, Thanking you, Phil. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, uh, I really overstepped there. I'm sorry. You did. Uh, you're out of line, Spider. <laughs> Good reference. Okay, so hopefully if you can go to Nova, you've already bought your tickets. If you have not bought your tickets, you should buy your tickets. If you have not been following what Tried and True has been advertising, they are going to put on a tremendous show at Nova for War Machine. I'm telling you, fellas, they are building scenery. They are building terrain. They're running a narrative. They're having a guy do an RPG event. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're pulling out all the stops. I'm so impressed with what they're doing. And, um, you know, we're doing uh, on July 15th, we're doing a campaign in a day, right? We're doing Black Tide uh, Part 1. So yeah. we printed out these really huge lighthouses to put on the first scenario for everybody. And uh, because it's a, a non-traditional, it's not a competitive event, right? It's a narrative event. We were talking about, well, what do we do for folks? You know, the top players, the guys who are undefeated all day. So we're going to give away lighthouses because how many does the club really need, right? Mm-hmm. And I was very proud of us and I was proud of ourselves. And that's July 15th. It's at Maplewood. It's 1030 start. And uh, then I see tried and true in their lighthouses and they stink and light up, don't they? <laughs> Flips a switch. We could, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Probably those not before the event. So those guys are so A plus one. I oh tell you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just they, they make me look bad at every turn. I think that's actually their goal. They're like, what can you we do what, to look bad? No, no, no. We, we have them beat. Now, let me tell you why. Why is that? Because none of them have a barbecue objective. That's true. That is true. You know, uh, for the Boker Brawl next next April 26th, um, one of our painting categories is going to be the objective category because we've now handed out so many objectives that we mm-hmm. figure, you know, people can paint them up and let them compete, let them get a prize. And if you came to the barbecue brawl a few weeks after the Boker brawl, right, that was uh, Memorial Day at my house, you got yourself a barbecue objective. So uh, we want to make that a thing now, right? We're going to see if we can get like every, people out every year for the barbecue brawl. I did immediately lose the top of mine. So well, that I is got one you thing. covered. I will get you another top. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can't compete, but you can certainly right. pick it up if you right. would like. David Lee actually ended up printing those things out for me because my printer was not good enough because it was like standing up on this little tripod thing. Mm-hmm. So kudos to that guy. Um, so yeah, Nova, it's gonna be a thing. 
Uh, you guys should definitely go. Everyone should go. I wish I could go, but it is literally right after school starts. I will not be able to make it. Um, so real quick, Captain Con this year, uh, you might see some early postings about War Machine there because Zosha is going to be a player this year. And I was going to be a player this year until I made the brilliant decision to bring my wife to Captain Con. And she had so mm. much fun mm -hmm. that now I, I have to go back next year and run the events again. Mm. So uh, I'm going to be bringing with me a whole new crop of judges, training some people up to eventually replace me. One of the things we are Is thinking that even about, possible? what's that? Is that even possible? I, I think it is. I, it is a goal. It is a goal that eventually. No, I, I meant to replace you. See, I was trying to give you a compliment. I don't know why. I, oh, I this appreciate is what I that. I do something you. nice. This, yeah. is why, this is why I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for trying. So, but Arthur, you actually had a very a specific point. I said, hey, what would you think if I ran Unlimited? And I'd like you to share what your thoughts were on it. Okay. Um, actually, it's really quite simple. It's it's just the slightest of modifications to what most people would think. And that very simply is um, no mercenaries uh, as a faction. So you may still have your one mercenary in your, in your list, which is kind of standard, I believe, for, um, you know, maybe I'm thinking a little too old school there. I, I really haven't looked at the unlimited army construction rules, Mark IV. But, but you're um, saying someone shouldn't be taking a mercenary listed unlimited. That's correct. Yeah, you cannot you cannot feel the mercenary army. Um, sorry, no pigs, no no dwarves for me, no pirates, no gators. Uh, you're just not fielding, you're not fielding that army because I actually think the army is just toxic. And I, I honestly believe like there'll definitely be people who will be upset saying like, oh, I want to play like the most broken stuff with seven archons and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, I guarantee you those same people, if they showed up with their actual like first love faction or whatever, that they will have a better time knowing that they get to kind of get like a little bit of a flashback to the olden days without having to worry about getting tabled by someone who has a supremely large collection and was able to put together the most cherry picked models of the 400 entries in the mercenary theme force or whatever you want to call it now. Now, right. correct me if I'm wrong, Arthur, but you did recently sell your mercenaries, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, but thank you for that. Uh, no. All of my dwarves are still accounted for. My Actually, I even got some, um, well, they're kind of fake, but I, I did get some uh, some monkeys to be mm. powder monkeys. Um, mm -hmm. the, only, the only mercenaries I don't have actually are steelheads. Did, did you get thing. rid of them, or did you just never have them? No, I got rid of them. A, like a, at this point, it's almost a year ago. Okay, uh, I never played steelheads. Um, I, I don't know; they were okay. I, I know I did play them a few times in Mark Three, um, but it just—I uh, don't know. I, I played them in, Mer I, in Mark One when there wasn't a steelhead army. I just had the steelhead halberdiers. Sure, and, and bloody fingers. I mean, I'm not together. honestly. I'm not even a huge pirate fan. Um, I'm really not like I, I don't do the whole pirate ninja thing and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the army is so powerful, in my opinion. I was like, all right, I'll get some monkeys and yeah. then I can like down to play it. Yeah, pirates is good. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Rabideau, what is your opinion there? If if we ran unlimited on Friday alongside a standard steamroller and said it's unlimited, but no mercenaries. 
What do you think? Um, mercenaries as a faction. You'd still be able to include, we'll say, one mercenary in your list or whatever the rule is. Right. I think I think uh I I think realistically that makes sense because I think it does come down to mercenaries can absolutely put together the most broken combos you can imagine. Um, because everything's friendly faction all the time. And then right. you, you just put together I mean the thing that always comes to mind, it probably isn't the best thing, but it's what comes to mind is of course Maylock with pirates. And like I mean, it'd be amazing. You have all these undead pirates running around, but you know, they're they, you got the full pirate boat, and it's just it's kind of disgusting with all plus two armor, and they're all undead, so they don't proc living things anymore. And it's just like all kinds of all kinds of nonsense you can get away with. Or yeah, like seven archons, and I throw archons in that list. Why not? You know, how is his rules written? In other words, does he make you undead, or does he change you from living to undead? Uh, he makes you undead. So that means he would be able to make an archon undead. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, see, like, and that's, again, probably not even... The and plus two combo, armor. But, right. Well, that's the point. And he has mortality. You know, like, that's kind of the thing. It's like, I, I have a hard time coming up with... At least the, the ones that are currently out, right? I have a hard time coming up with one that's better than he is, just for his flat, just like army-wide bonuses. But I think... Uh, I think proposing that now is a mistake, but I think that once people, because like people are going to react exactly, exactly as Arthur is saying, which is, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I want to play what I want to play. Uh, but once you go to the second tournament where the first one, everybody played what they wanted to play, you know, kind of like, oh yeah, sweet. Like I'm doing my Mark II thing again, except for that one guy who brought Mercs and did the most broken thing he could. And then the second tournament, everybody's doing that. Then you realize, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna maybe this is a good rule. So you know, we'll say maybe we'll do that. Maybe Seth will do that. And then by the end of the by the end of the year, people will be clamoring for it. Well, so the thought the thought process was, and first off, I actually think banning mercenaries is actually supporting the many uh, without catering to the few. That that's that is the one thought there. But um, I think it would be best if people just if they drop a comment. So drop a comment on this on this episode if you like or you dislike the idea of no mercenary armies mm. but otherwise have a great time and and play unlimited there you go yeah, I, I think as we get closer I'll, I'll and this was again arthur had two really great ideas in like one conversation he um said we should, you, know, you, should you should uh definitely run a poll as you get closer to you know to uh, announcing right mm -hmm. so put a poll out there and then the trick is to get the opinion of people that are actually going to attend as opposed mm -hmm. to you right. know people who just have an opinion on it, and that's right. always a challenge. But um, you know, I, I definitely um, do an unlimited. I want to have a regular steamroller. I want to ask around, and maybe I can find somebody who's willing to run a, uh, a some level of narrative event right for for us for the weekend. Uh, and then, of course, we have to have the uh, the New England team tournament, right? That's the mm -hmm. that's the tradition. And then Sunday will be Masters. You know, then I'm going to take Monday off because I don't go. think I'm going to you know be able to 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 uh, get up and wa uh, walk around after that <laughs> so uh yeah thoughts thoughts captain con we'll see what happens um and then truthfully it's like captain con is now like the proving ground for things that we'll do later at the at the brawl mm. so uh we'll see where it all goes all right so meanwhile as i was talking to zosha simpson about uh about uh uh these issues I also asked if I could share the WTC players for the coming WTC. She said the only reason 
she hadn't uh, published it as she's just been super busy. So it's okay for us to talk about this. So we've got three teams. We have Team Manatee, Team Black-Footed Ferrets, and Team Redwood. All of these names are Team Stupid. I don't like any of these team names. <laughs> well, I, I, I like Team Redwood, I think. That's pretty good. I, I think they were going for a theme there. Right. Yeah, what's, like the, what's American the theme? Native American Native stuff. animals here? Why not Team Buffalo? Huh. Yeah. Been a good one. I think they're you from know, Buffalo. It's not too, like guys so. there aren't playing from Buffalo. A little right. double entendre there for you, huh? 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 Well, yeah, yeah, more yeah, of a single. Yeah. All right. So team, so look, they don't I don't have to like the team names. I'm not playing on any of the teams. Uh so team manatee is Justin Dew is the captain. Eric I like Akers. that guy. Yeah, we all do. Eric Akers, who actually I like all these people. Uh Eric Akers, Jake Van Meter, Matt Zealous, and Blake Hooper. And that is our team one. I kind of feel like, well, I know Justin, isn't Eric a WTC vet? Jake's certainly a, a, a WTC vet. I, I feel like Matt definitely is. I, I mean, I feel like he is. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, and maybe Blake is. Apologies, Blake, if if you are and I'm saying you're not. But that seems like the most experienced team on the list. I think so. It's hard to say. For team three, I think also has a, a decent amount of yeah. experience. Um but let's let's make this one clear. So team one uh, won the ATC. Yes, right. Yes, they did. Kind of. No, no. They, they definitely won the ATC. Uh, there's a little bit of an asterisk in there. Okay, but I still think that, that, <laughs> that that's a very strong. Like we can we can say asterisk all we want because there wasn't a whole lot of uh, competition. No, at the, that's, at not, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the people actually on the team. Mm-hmm. When not necessarily all of the people were at ATC. Yeah, but that's going to happen at any event because not everybody can go. Like they say, oh, yeah, this sounds great. Let's go see. Oh, we won. Oh, crap. I can't really go. Right? That happens. Um. Yeah, yeah we can go with that. Okay. No, I'm so, just saying. I'm just saying that that was the team that qualified, generally speaking. Right. So just to, just to highlight, because, I mean, I care about that, right? We love sure. Travis. We love yeah. that the ATC sets people there. I'm really, I'm just setting the table for the next team. <laughs> so team Redwood, Sean Hopkins, Adam Price. No, team three, uh, team two. Yeah, but team I want to talk about team, I want to, I want to talk about team three first. Oh, okay. Okay. Well then I'm not so, setting the table for the next team. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's okay. So uh, team Redwood, Sean Hopkins, Adam Pricer, Travis Mark, Chris Gunther, Nate Magnin, all WTC vet Sean went last year, as did Travis, as did Adam, as did Chris, as did Nate, right? Nate was there. Yes, Nate was there. Um, You're the one who was there, so. (laughs) Uh, I'm old, man. Memory, it just, things just tend to to garble together. So I'm really excited. All those guys are going back. They had a great time. They played well. And then. Now, actually, I will say about this team, this was the second place team at the Boca Raw. Or like, yeah, they were the second place team. They they were the top table against against the team that won. So they're they're the ones that 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 uh, are they the second place team? Yeah, because I remember there was some cheating, right? Where where people mislabeled their their sheets and we called the wrong. Yeah, we got that sorted. We got that okay. sorted. All right, um, which makes Team Blackfooted Ferrets the first place team at the Broker Brawl, going mm-hmm. to the WTC. 
We have Team Blackfooted Ferrets, Cody Demon, who is the captain. Ryan couldn't stop talking about what a great job Cody did with this captaining stuff. He said, Jeez, he was Ryan, really, come on. Yeah, he said he was Cody was really doing an outstanding job where to put people in the different matchups. And Mike Gabarini and Chris Glowacki and Alex Cosma. So uh yeah, kudos to those this, guys. That's an old school name. And I I don't think I've ever met this guy, Alex, but I I, I definitely have spoken with him. Um, I think you've met him. But to California guys, it's hard to get. So uh we have two alternates. We have our own Steve King and then Michael Brady. And more I don't likely, think I know him. I don't know him either. Uh, more than likely, uh, there's, there's always a last minute change, right? So we'll see what happens. Although I'm curious why Ryan Schmidt's name on this list, everyone's name's in green and his is in white. He's Wonder special. Special. Well, maybe he's anti-Martian and didn't want to be green. Doesn't maybe. matter. Okay, now. Oh, wait, sorry. I Okay, so, no, sorry. I do. I do have to go on record and say that they did not get in second place. They did win the Team Spirit Award. That's what they won. Yes, the, yes. That's okay. right. I knew they won something. And I remember yeah. I remember their jerseys. Like, they deserve to yeah. win Team Spirit. I remember their jerseys. Oh, they're yeah. Uh, I love it. Yeah. They had a great the look. The Yeah, that's right. That was their that was their. Yeah. They their played thing, really so. well, too. It's just one of those weird things about strengths of schedule that, that knocked them out of that uh, top three. And then plus someone cheating. But, you know, uh, knocking them out of that top three. Um, that's right. That's they, right. They, they, they played remarkably well. All right. So, so, so oh, I'm sorry. Let's finish all three teams, right? Yeah, I just finished all three teams. Um, huh. so the que okay. the question I have, and we're and I don't I don't love to speculate, but I think this deserves some speculation. What does practice at this point look like for a team headed to the WTC? Uh, given the armies that are out and 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 all the rest of it, what do you do? You know, if either of you guys are team captain of of team uh, Redfoot, you know, what, what are you saying we got to do to practice? Well, first off, let me just say that I would argue that practicing. Of course you would. Yes, you would argue. Yes. It's clear. Just shut up. I'm just making an opinion and I have to use the word argue because it's the only word that fits. The only word you know. Anyway, I would, I would say hmm, that it's easier this year to practice over previous years because the model pool is smaller than ever. Yes, yes I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think a lot of it, because of the limitation of what's available and what's in each faction or army or whatever you want to call it, is so small that you probably need a little bit less on the playtesting and you could probably theory a little bit more. That all being said, I am sure most of these teams will do their diligence and play at least on war table, assuming that not everyone is local. I don't know if like the Buffalo team, I have a, I just have a hunch. I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that the, the Buffalo team probably meets up semi-regularly. Yeah. Uh, and therefore they might actually be the best prepared, um, which would come as no surprise to me because that team um, seems to outperform what people think it'll do on a regular basis. You know, it, it's interesting. I mean, we've talked about this a couple different times on the cast. It was very surprising. You you could not you could not create a causality between number of games grinded and success at the nope. at the WTC. Um, and there's a couple, you know, and it's hard to look at one person because 
uh, you know, sometimes you get thrown into a match with the intention of you're just going to lose, right? You're going to, you're going to take this match because no one else wants to play this list, you know, but, but uh, I'm not sure the grind is so appropriate anymore. And maybe it is more, okay, we know specifically the types of models are going to be there. I don't want to say more theory craft, but uh, more purposeful play as opposed to we have to keep playing games because we have to eventually face everything to I'm purposely playing this list into these types of lists because I know that's what I'm going to get dropped into. And if I'm not going to get dropped into it, I'm going to be just landing on a grenade for some, for someone else on the team. Right. I could definitely see a, a practice regimen being something like, well, I want to play against these armies at least twice. You know, just try and get a yeah. game yeah, in yeah, against yeah. virtually yeah. every army at least twice. Right. Just so that, because the first time is when you learn, and the second time is when you, like, the first time is when you get surprised, and then the second time is when you can test into it. And then after that, you continue on from there. I think playing your own stuff is always valuable. Knowing your stuff super well is very yeah. important to actually yeah. doing well. So you yeah. don't get surprised by your own stats and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I've already fallen behind in my own promises I made to myself about how often I was going to play, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, on my list of most important things in the world, War Machine is on the list, but it's at the bottom. So mm-hmm. you know, other mm-hmm. things have made right? the list. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'm definitely still playing games where I'm like, what does that unit do again? Wait a second, they have tough? Are you sure? Mm-hmm, Wait, they only mm-hmm. have one wound? It's a medium base. How can it only have one wound? Yeah, like right. I'm doing a ton of that. All right. So uh, like I said, Zosha, when uh she's just been super busy, but she's gonna uh you know get all that information out there. But congratulations, you know, the 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 all the teams and and you know, I'm gonna be excited to be there and uh and 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 judge the event again this year in Copenhagen. So uh, maybe I'll have to give you a pass, even though I don't want to. But at least for me and Steve, who's your favorite team? Mm. Uh, so and, and the only reason why the only reason why I'll allow Seth uh, a way out is because since he's going to be the judge, I don't want him to have a favorite team. Maybe, although maybe I do. Do they ever play each other? Can it happen? America on America. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think if if it gets down to the nitty gritty, it has to happen. Okay, I'm sure. In the, it, like for round one, I'm sure they don't pair them. Oh, they're absolutely uh, not paired. I don't do the pairings, but they're not paired round one, and they try to keep the countries away from each other as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they could potentially. Yes. Um, I mean, the obvious choice for me is the black-footed ferrets, just because they represent. A, a bit of a, a milestone for the Boker Brawl, being able to send a team to the WTC. But then I do also, I just enjoy looking at the list of names and knowing that most of these people have won the Boker Brawl at some point. Is that team one, two, or three? Uh, that's team two in the list. Team two. Team Black-footed ferrets. Okay, so, okay, so that, that's who, that's your favorite team, or that's the team that you'd want to see do the best? I think so. And especially also because it, it represents a bunch of people that have not been there before. Um, Gunther and, and Price have both been there. No, sorry. The way that Seth described them was out of order. So I'm talking Cody DeMunn, Ryan Schmidt, Mike Garbarini, Chris oh, okay. Milwaukee, that's, Alexander Cosmo. That's the, that's, Buff- that's the Buffalo team, right? That kind is the of? Buffalo team. Although Alex is California. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the team that that is my favorite because they won the Boca Brawl, which earned them their spot. Yeah, it's, it, and and there are a bunch of people that haven't gone. That's very exciting. 
And that was exactly what I wanted out of the Boca Brawl for it not to be, you know, people who very much deserve it. You know, the people that have been there before the team, the team that they were playing at the top table, you know, certainly would not have been ashamed to send them along, but it is fun that it's people that haven't done it before. Yeah. Well, it, look, okay. I, I'm not trying to to break my arm, patting myself on, on the back, but I've been saying from the beginning that as much as I'm sorry to see some stalwart players decide that Mark four wasn't for them or move on, or they're taking a break or whatever it, whole bunch of folks have just been able to step up and really play at a very high competitive level. And I, I really like to see that as well. That mm -hmm. being said, Arthur, you're correct. I think as the head judge for the WTC, I should not be stating on a podcast who my favorite, favorite players or teams are, right? Because <laughs> people have to believe that I'm going to go there and, and, and not show any kind of favoritism. And at one point I was making such a big show of making, you know, mocking Brad Park that people were like, one of the Polish guys was like, you should not pick on him like that. I'm like, okay, it's okay. We're friends. Like, well, if you're friends, why are you judging? I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Good point. <laughs> Good point, Polish guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and besides, uh, yeah, Seth's Seth's favorite team did not win. They came in third place, and that was the minority report. So there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Arthur, what about you? I, I I probably like people on every team. Uh, although I don't know the Buffalo guys all that well, you probably um, like. <laughs> yeah, I probably I'm very like... sure that most people on these teams are not assholes. That's pretty That's, much. I don't mean it that way. Um, <laughs> it's just some people I know better than others, or you know, um, I love Justin. Yeah, I think Justin knows I love him. Most people know I love Justin, and and, and no one could not love Justin who knows Justin because yeah, he's just uh, such a cool dude. Yeah, I bought the t-shirt. Agreed. Oh, good, 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 good. However, that being said, I have to root for Pricer and Gunther. Mm. Team Red. Uh, mostly because I really like Pricer, and I think he's a fantastic human being. Uh, I genuinely like him. Sacrifice um, his truck for the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that that did happen, unfortunately. And then uh, Gunther, because. Um, so the one thing about me is I will always go uh, for uh, to back up the person who I think has been slighted or the team that I feel has been slighted. Going for that underdog. And I feel, yes, the underdog, of course, as well. Um, and so, therefore, I have to throw my hat in with Gunther. And I actually hope he goes 5-0. Or he's, you know, he, he wins the games he's intended to win. You can say that much, right? Because, again, sometimes. Sure. Yeah, that no, that's fair. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so all right, him, cool. Uh, him, I want to see Kikas. All right. Uh, well, I'm sure that positive thought from you will carry him through tough times there in Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we move on to some other topics, I also wanted to mention, I, 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 should, I should have talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast. John Becker's doing his very first steamroller as an organizer in Syracuse. And that is going to be the weekend, I think July 23rd. I have to look at a calendar. I know it's the week after our narrative event. So that Another makes... sweetheart of the human being. Yes. He's the Boker memes guy. Yes. Yeah. He's kind of, I don't want to say he's co-opted Boker from us, but he certainly adopted it. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's the 22nd. And he's a fantastic person. Arthur's committed to making the drive with me. So we're definitely going to be there. And... Um, <laughs> See what he did there, Steve? 
Mm-hmm. That one from mm-hmm. I don't know, probably maybe. <laughs> right. I've committed to doing right. the drug. Our, uh, yeah, Seth, so here's what he wants to hear. <laughs> it, hey, look, I'm it's an in administrator. It's in Syracuse? Yeah. It's in Syracuse? Yeah. Okay, yes. I tell you what. Here's Three the deal. Hours. Uh, you talk to John more than me. Um, yeah. So reach out to John and find me a bar that heavily honors Donovan McNabb, and then I will go, and we will definitely hit that bar. All right, so I have to find a McNabb-friendly bar. A Donovan McNabb bar. Yes, because he did play for Syracuse. So there's got to be Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I'm like, I I was trying to make it. All right. I will reach out to John Becker, Boker Memes, and he will get this done for us. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, so he's running his first steamroller. Really want to support him. Um, Yay. Okay. So uh, I guess the last thing in happenings that uh, we want to talk about is they have released, they've said they've released all the legacy army lists. There's no more legacy army lists coming. Did everybody catch that? No more legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No more legacy models. And I I thought they also said no more legacy lists. Like this is it. Well, it's prime. So like, there's still like all the unlimited models that haven't been released yet. Those are all going to be out. Oh, okay. um, At some point. But yeah, yeah. this is the end of the prime legacy prime armies. Legacy prime armies. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm saying the same thing you are, just you're using better words. Uh, all, the, all the legacy prime stuff is out. Apparently they moved again. They moved the, and they got rid of some storage space, which is where the whole sale came from. They're like, well, we were going to cut it off eventually anyway. We might as well just do it right now. Rip that Band-Aid. Um, mm-hmm. Did they move again? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They moved again. They uh, cut down on some some storage space, I guess, with the... I guess with the 3D printing, there's less storage of models they have to worry about. I don't know. I'm not really uh, up on on the whole process. I'll just assume that they went to like you know one of those construction trailers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's, I mean you know that's all they really need, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Once you're yeah, once you're printing models, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, like four or five people have desks and everyone else is working remotely. Who knows? So what's out yeah, now? Yeah. That's the what's other out. two guys are working remotely. Yeah. The uh, although I think if someone has a, ce- a cephalix army sitting in their basement, they're like, hmm, maybe now's the time to sell because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that army looks sweet and nobody owns it. You can't buy it. So, yeah, uh, that looks pretty amazing. All right. Uh, anything else about anything else about the legacy stuff before we move on? OK, um, I'm Oops, disappointed. Sorry. I'm a little bit heartbroken that. Uh, I gun mages. I thought I was getting right. announced gun mages. I remember hearing things about gun mages. I started in print, and now no gun mages. No gun mages. Huh. No gun mages. And I wanted to like I wanted to try gun mages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the last army I was building in Mark Three. Huh. Well, then I guess uh, I'm out of luck too, as I find a unit of gun- painted gun mages sitting on my hobby table as we're podcasting here. Huh. Uh, I, I I don't know why I own those, but there they are. I've never played Signar. Um, but that's the thing, right? You collect something long enough, you get a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a ton of trolls on the shelf, and, and uh, I'm not sure uh, what if I'm ever going to play trolls. I don't know why they're there, but there they are. Oh, I think someone gave those to me as a, I don't know, back when they had more mixed themes. I think I was. I think that's right. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was going to try something. Dunia or whatever. Yeah. 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 I think I was going to try something, but uh, all right. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time tonight talking about the fluff, 
because they concluded one storyline and started another. And mm -hmm. Steve, you you had you had said that you had actually finally gotten to spend some time with that first storyline with uh, uh, Alari and uh, oh gosh, what's the the Colden Lords that he's with's name? Uh, like Voskova or something like that. Volko Volkova. Yeah. Volkova. So, what what were your thoughts as you as you went through that storyline? Uh, I mean, I liked it. I liked reading it. It was it was. Uh, it's illuminating. Like it's kind of nice to to get back into the fluff. It's nice that it's all in one place. I gotta say that yeah. much. Yeah, um, yeah. And it it like it definitely made me want to play Kador. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. reading it, I'm like, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, well, yeah, I love the description. Yeah. Um, there there were a couple of like a couple of things at the beginning that were a little a little clunky in my mind with the. The thing that that gets me every time is when they use like in-game terms or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do prefer to just like you don't have to describe exactly what the spell does. There, there was a moment where he like he casts return fire on the um, on the the man of war lady, the sergeant that's running around with him, um, and it says something like, "Oh, but they'll have to shoot at her first. It's yeah. like, well, you, you didn't have, you could have just said like it increases her firepower or something like, cause like whatever, yeah. just cause that's, yeah, yeah, that yeah. seems weird. <laughs> it does. Weird. I, 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 I agree with you. Or like when he says, I racked a few spells this morning. I'm like, uh, that didn't flow. That didn't flow. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. yep. That was the same, same thing. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, I, I've come around to the idea of like, I would much rather treat this stuff more seriously in the sense of like, just take it at face value. Like, don't, don't, um, don't think of how it should be in your mind. Think of just how it is. And so right. from that perspective, like what does it tell you about the world? If they, if their first thought, they see this invading army, their first thought is, Oh, it's the Orgoth. Right. Like, what does that tell you? Cause like to me, initially reading that seems weird. They left 400 years ago. Yeah. That would be like, like ships showing up on the shores of America and us being like, Oh shoot, that's the Vikings. They're back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense, but okay, actually let's just establish that it makes sense. What does that mean? Well, that means they talk about the Orgoth. That means they think about the Orgoth. They're probably like constantly telling stories about the Orgoth 400 years later. Yeah. I was good. Right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, it was one of the things that I loved about early uh, uh, War Machine the the connection between the characters and the and 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 the fluff and the models and and it wasn't like 40k where i really thought i was telling the story a story in the 40th or 44 41st millennium right and and i was always very disappointed that i could never make the gameplay work like the stories were i always thought mm -hmm. the connection in war machine was so much better and when fluff mm -hmm. went away for so long it really did affect my enjoyment of the game and i didn't realize how much till the fluff came back right when i'm reading like yeah the I'm sorry, same but... yeah same exact thing like i was just reading it and then just reading up all the profiles on the casters which i'm very excited about now that i've read them it's yeah, very good yeah. i like it a lot yeah, it gives and it, i'm, it gives I'm really hoping depth. they keep doing it yeah oh i think they will it gives them a like, lot of depth um i loved reading the part where is it Ilari, Ilari who who's fighting uh sabreth yeah and and she's like, go ahead, kill me, because you know I'll just you know start the timer on my watch, and I'll be back in a couple of days for you. You know, like like I know mm -hmm. it's more than that, but the point being, like you know this, I I love that Orgoth. Tell us all you want, we'll make more. 
kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gave it gave them uh, a, a lot more depth, right? A lot of character. I really liked that. But the but but I'll tell you the truth. By the second to last story, I'm like, OK, I'm I'm getting a little bored with the killer getting its butt kicked and we're running and we're running and we're running. But then the last story is Alari and Volkova in a tomb. Right, they're going. They're they're raiding a tomb and they're trying to find, uh, some uh, right. They're trying to find powerful weapons or something like that or, or things. So to... so in that in that interaction with Sabrath that Ilari had, um, she said something that was like, "Oh, this prophecy. Like we're here because of this prophecy." And mm-hmm. then it, like he mentions that to the Grey Lord, and the Grey Lord knows what she's talking about, or like knows the name that she mentions, like the the ancient Orgoth guy that like right. prophesied it or whatever. And so right. they go to his tomb because they're like, Dagoloth. well, we can, yeah, yeah. So we can find his tomb. We know where it is. So yeah. why don't we go there? And he's yeah, there, lo- of course, because yeah. he's Orgoth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I love how he shows up and, and, and Volkova's like, wow, someone broke in here already and they had to be really powerful. And Laura's like, well, how are you planning on breaking in? And she's <laughs> right, like, yeah. Because I'm really powerful. You know? <laughs> I did like, they can't be around. Yeah, I did like that. They're like, oh, there's like boots in the there's like prints in the dust or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's old style. Like, uh, you know who it is. And and, and and I gotta say that last part was written so well. So Dagoloth wakes up and the first thing he says is, you know, is that you, Vlad? Are you back? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, and then he says, Oh, well, you're not Vlad. And uh he starts he goes to 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 kill them and they can't do it, they can't seem to do anything. They can't dent him, they can't really hurt him. Nothing really works on the guy. And as he's like kind of lumbering forward and taking swings at him, he's reading the prophecy out to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's um, from death. I see the end of all the shrine is shattered. The mighty fall in darkened tomb. My words ring true. A dark prince brings death anew. Uh, come lightless masters on ebon wings. Come Sunless dawns and fallen kings across the sea where black sails plume, the once defeated bring forth doom. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. The heavens butchered and gods cast down in blood divine, you shall drown. Right. And then, of course, they're mm-hmm. realizing, oh, he's not, it's not a pat, you know, prophecy of the past, it's the future. And uh, Zavanna Aga shows up, right? She shows mm-hmm. up and, and, and offers Alari a sword and says, take the sword, kill this dude, or he's going to kill you. And uh, the gray Lord's like, she's tricking you. She's not doing this for your benefit. She's doing it for her benefit. This is the way she works. You know, uh, the old witch is like, yeah, that's what I do. Right. That's what I liked. Yeah. The old witch doesn't even, the old witch is not like tempting him or whatever, or like lying in any way. She's like, uh, yep, that's, that is accurate. She is correct. Yeah. I am just using you for my purposes. Uh, but you'll die if you don't. So right, that was it. So you can die or you can let me use you. And then he grabs the the sword and uh and he he goes to Dagaloth and Dagaloth smiles at him. He's like, Oh crap, I've been tricked. And he kills the dude and fulfills the prophecy. So mm-hmm. when I first time I read this, I didn't think much about it. Then I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, Don't you get it? He's Alari's the the either the bastard son of mm-hmm. uh Vlad and um, Sorsha, or he's an or he's an illegitimate son of Vlad and somebody. And I was like, well, and then I went back and I read Hengehold again. And there's yeah, Zavanna Agus watches a ship enter the gate and says, that's where 
the 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 child is right that's where the child is off off you know off through the gate into warcaster mm-hmm. um so how could he be the son and then i was reading something else and it said that um oh, i think i was listening to a podcast and the guy who writes all the fluff was like yeah um uh, the 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 henchhold scroll he's an unreliable narrator like he just said mm-hmm. it right out there he's like he doesn't actually observe history and write it he sees he gets glimpses of the future and he writes it down right mm-hmm. he gets glimpses of what's happened so if that's what he's doing well then he's not a reliable narrator so maybe the baby did not go through the gate maybe he is the son of uh sorsha and uh and vlad which would be remarkably interesting so we we quote unquote know his mother right like because he has a mom in it uh but he we don't know his dad that's the thing. So, and when I say "quote unquote," no, you know, he could have been adopted or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. doesn't know about, but we yeah. certainly don't know his dad. Like that is a, that is a explicit in his biography. Like he has no idea who his dad is. So right. I th- I think the same thing. I don't think he's he would be that child because he's too old. He's yeah, thirty five. Um, but he could be another child. Yeah, so. yeah. That that was my thought as well. And then the sword, he said it's cold when he touches the handle. Uh, but it can't be Voas because we already doesn't um, uh, Iris have Voas? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's Vlad's sword. I think that's it's, what it and, is. But yeah. and but they you know they don't. So that I, I look back at the Angel Scrolls again. There is unless I missed it, which is entirely possible. There was no mention of the old witch taking the sword. No. So, so, I, don't think so. I, I don't know. I have to assume it's his sword. But mm-hmm. you know what else is it going to be? I think we're meant to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very much enjoying getting back into it. It's very fun. Like I, I enjoy especially sort of like side comments, like things that get you, that sort of give you glimpses into things. Just like the idea that Sabrath could come back that quickly is something like that gives a nuance to how it works. Cause like they talk about how it works where you have to have, it has to be a, a somebody in the direct line of like the original yeah um so i don't think it's necessarily your direct line like i don't think sabrath has her own kids that she could sacrifice or whatever but maybe she would right because like you have to have a direct line so it would be it's interesting to have yeah at some point yeah like all the warlords have to have kids right um yeah i really liked it and then the newest one they have is about um uh the dusk army and you know, it was a lot of lead up to a very little conversation. You know, it was really more just more of an introduction. But I was curious mm-hmm. to how they were going to characterize the dusk. And I was really afraid that they were going to be mostly hissing feral vampire types, you know, mm-hmm. subservient to a to to like greater vampire types. And they're not doing that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they're sentient. They're, you know, they didn't immediately like, you know, bare their teeth and try to suck the life out of the guys that showed up, you know, they, they, and, and I liked that. I, I, I like the, uh, they seem to very much want to go into this idea of we have no souls. We've completely changed, but we know what we were kind of characters. And cause you know, they're well, calling themselves by their previous titles. Right. Oh no, they still have souls too. Like they're, they themselves are not soulless like that's kind of the thing is the all the undead ones are um like they are who they always were um and so like the if you read um heleth's thing it talks about her experience um uh-huh. and then if you if you read the 
like the forces of it talks a little bit about it. And it's the idea is actually the people who survived either had like a purpose or they had a like a strength of will that like let them live through the like the overwhelming despair that just like washed over everybody and killed them. Um, So it's almost like the opposite where it's like the vampires are not like feral creatures. They're like, they have like the strongest will out of like all the Iosins. Yeah. 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 And I liked that. I I was afraid they were going to be feral. Not that I thought they were. I thought I was afraid that was the the path they were going to take with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're taking it in a different direction. I I also have to say, I'm really enjoying uh, Hazaroth's, the big guy. I'm really enjoying his characterization because he doesn't have like a specific article about him yet. But everything that talks that about him that like references him um with like uh like in in passing um is like he's just like a big goofball like nobody takes him seriously so like <laughs> they they uh it like he's he's mean and like you know you don't want to cross him but it, it like his his entry in the thing says um he's an immense creature of death and filled with selfish pride uh, and he is mockingly called the Narcissar of Ruin by his compatriots who see his nature as well as his enormous stature for what they are. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it doesn't really specify what that means, but it's just kind of funny. Like, oh, yeah. they see him for what he is. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, within the, um, oh, under, uh, what's her name? Under the solo, uh, Dissus, the Eye of Darkness, it talks about how... Um, so like uh Hazaroth is like an ancient eldritch like he was one of the originals so he's not new he's he's an ancient eldritch from like the last time they did and so like uh-huh. he owns Dissus and he brings her as uh, an offering to like house Callus to be like hey let's ally here like I'm an old eldritch I know what's going on let's ally here and it says uh Hazaroth presented to the lords of house Callus as a sign of his respect and desire to serve and none were impressed with his gesture. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I don't know what his deal is, but nobody respects him. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh I guess conclusion for now, fluff hooray. Right. We definitely yeah. we definitely yeah. like the direction that it's headed in. I'm very interested in continuing reading all the different oh, the the other thing I just want to highlight is uh Horusk. So he and Kishtar actually were there for the original invasion. Like, yeah. and Horusk has a, has a, like, that's his, he's trying to settle that score. Yes. Um, and when he was thrown out the original time, um, like he, he kind of changed his whole demeanor. Yeah. And changed so his personality. He, said he, he completely became, changed his personality. Yeah. He became too predictable as a vicious, violent old bastard. Right. So he changed his personality, became known as the Smiling Doom. Yes. And like his second, like the second paragraph or like second sentence is about how like he's just like very affable and like jovial. He's just kind of this like happy go lucky guy, but don't cross him because he will chop you in half. Yeah. Like I love that description. He's happy go lucky till all of a sudden you realize he's there to kill you. And then all of a sudden he's not so happy anymore. Right. So he's just probably like, He's just like quipping left and right on the battlefield and just yeah, like yeah. that's that's how I imagine him. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, Haruskaha is definitely my my favorite uh, caster of the three that they presented. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I would like to do here is uh move on to a little judge's corner. We have not judged cornered in a while. Uh I've been 
looking at the new community forums that I've been trying to look at the rules labeled things and two interesting things came up. And the first one is, can you cast a spell with range zero? If you reduce the range through uh, whatever the, the negatives and the penalties are, can you do a range zero spell? Hmm. What do you think? Is there even an example of how that's possible? Um, you, well, there are a couple of things that reduce range. Yeah, but like usually three inches. Um, and that's why I'm asking is like, is there uh, any spell so in such a short range that a couple of negative static, modifiers? Mage static into infernal cultists that have range three heal. So the range is reduced to zero. So can they heal? So I believe historically you couldn't do zero inch things like the the forsaken wasn't like most of the time you couldn't reduce things to zero like that was like there was i think in late mark three they kind of adjusted things so that yeah. uh, like a lot of range reduction had like a minimum of eight or whatever You're and then i think in correct. mark two mark two you could never reduce something below one or something no, like no. that I, it's not so at one point it was something Probably like, like that. At one point it was if you reduce it to range zero you couldn't shoot, but this okay. is a spell we're talking about. Right. So I think the, the only like thing would have been the forsaken was always a question of, Oh, can I blight bomb with like zero fury? Cause it's the number of fury inches away. Can I just get base to base and do it? And I think the answer was always no, but. <clears throat> One of the things I got to say, I do like about the new app is that in the threaded discussions, uh, wow, that shows how old I am, in the forum, uh, you can, it's much easier to capture parts of the rulebook and post it, right? Mm -hmm. And people are able to quote things much, much more easily. So someone, so one second, uh, arcane attack, a model can make arcane attacks targeting any model in any model in the spell's range that isn't, that is in its line of sight. Arcane at attacks follow most of the same rules, but they're not affected by rules that affect only range attacks. See casting a spell. Measure the range of a spell from the edge point of the origin's base to the target up to the maximum range of the spell. If the nearest edge of the target model's base is within the maximum range of the spell, the target is in range. If you're base to base, that's zero. I would argue that. Yep. There, there. At this point, no one has posted anything. And then PP... PPS Adam, community manager, put you can cast a spell on yourself, but you can't target yourself with a range attack, uh, which isn't the issue. But yeah, I don't, I don't. So yeah, you're scrolling through what you copied and pasted. I yeah. don't actually see a resolution in that. I don't know. Well, it seems like just... there's no restriction on, like there is a restriction for ranged attacks where you can't, you can't shoot a gun that's range zero. You just can't. Right. Um, but then there's no such restriction for spells. So yeah, it seemed that, like face-to-face. -face. So. Yeah. It's so, just, it'd be nice if when people do that sort of thing, just summarize it at the end. That's yeah, what well, you should do. That's good writing. I, I, I have a comment about that in just a second. And the second thing is, this is something I got wrong uh, when I played at the barbecue brawl. Uh, savagery, uh -oh. on, savagery on trample. Mm -hmm. So savagery goes on to a weapon. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go on to the, the model. So right. savagery doesn't help you with the trample. Mm, mm -hmm. it did. I I cleared out some breathing room against some tough pirates with that savagery and trample, and apparently that was illegal. I should not have done that. So, you know, no, you should be able to put it. You should be able to put it on your feet. It's not fair. Uh, your, feet, your feet isn't a weapon. 
I, 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 get I don't it, think that, and I don't think that um, uh, uh, you're making a melee attack, but you're not making it with a weapon. Right. It's a power attack. That's true. So, yep. anyway, so I found that was to be interesting. That having been said, I got to say, and you know, fellas, you know, I'm always trying to be as positive as possible. That doesn't mean that things are not free from criticism. I do not like the new community form. And I, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it because I don't want to just, you know, I, I don't want to pose a problem without a, a perspective solutions. Uh, you know what I mean? So the problem is, is right now, I mean, I, I figure they probably created the form this way. So it needed less, fewer moderators, right? The few, less, less manpower or woman power to, to, you know, moderate these things. Because uh, every message you put up is in a broad category and it gets a tag. And if you put a rules tag on something, it's a rules question. What the old forums used to look like in the rules forum was people would would post and uh, there would be a great discussion about rules until finally an infernal came in and said, this is correct, this is incorrect, or I'm checking right now and, and we'll get back to you. Or if a thread was locked, it was locked because the right answer was at the bottom, right? The, the, the mm -hmm. right answer was in the thread. Um, and... Uh, and before anybody tries to read between the lines, uh, th this is not about Travis. Travis is not the only Infernal. There were many Infernals. This can't be all on Travis. He can't, you know, uh, uh, this isn't about him. This is about the design of the forum. I don't know if they have a plan for, uh, for greater Infernal participation or if it's just going to be the PPS community moderator. But I really think they need to do two things. One is the the... The, for rules things, a, a community rules moderator has to get on there and start making rulings and being really clear about them. Mm -hmm. um, and the second thing is, I think people shouldn't, I don't know, like I feel like the discussions have not gotten to the same level as they had been in the past. Um, I feel like people are arguing about wording for the sake of arguing about wording as opposed to, is this a good rule? Is this a clear rule? What's the intention here? They'd rather have a a larger argument about, um, uh, you know, was this... Uh, grammar. What's that? Grammar. Well, They'd not so much grammar, but like, uh, you know, like, oh, it would have been much better if they had done this, or it would have been much better if this is what was there. And then they have a discussion about that. That's not helping nobody. What's the rules confusion? Why are you confused about it? Is it clear in the rule somewhere? Do we need someone, some third party to rule on it? Like that should really be it. Um, but that's just my opinion. And what can I tell you? Um, but yeah, I definitely think people should be using the rules form, but uh, I would like, uh, I would like there to be a little more orderly, especially in the rule section. Travis did tell me, cause I reached out to him. You know, because one, I wanted to be clear to him that I wasn't trying to criticize any kind of back way, criticize him or he should take any criticism from it. Uh, but also there have been a lot of rulings in a lot of different places. Like there's been a, a couple of things ruled on Facebook. Something was ruled on Discord. So he said that they are looking into creating a master list of things that have been ruled and uh, posting that somewhere, which I think will be very helpful. So that would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. All right. So I liked it all. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rabideau, you wanted to, uh, you wanted to talk about the portal tournament that both Arthur and I walked through, but did not stay, but you played in. I did. I played in it. I, uh, I played against our friend, John Boker, and then I played against the Bevan hours. 
So it was a, it was a pretty good time. You got both of them in one day. All right. I did. I did. Um, (laughs) And uh, Andy beat me and I beat Erica. So it all kind of worked out. That'll teach him. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I I was playing in the new shadows lists. So the new shadows of the retribution army. And I got to tell you guys, Oh man, Thyron is stupid. (laughs) He is insanely good. Um, if he is not on your radar as like something that you should deal with, then he should get on your radar because it is, it's, and it's not just him, of course, it's also like what else you can do. Um, I played into, um, Madrak three twice in a row, which was interesting. And, uh, I would definitely say for Madrak, for Thyron, you really want savagery. You've got to have savagery as a card because with, in shadows, so the Spears of Sire, you remember those guys, Seth? The uh, character unit that is shield guards. Oh, yeah. Hate those so, guys. So they, uh, they were annoying in Mark III, but they were also kind of annoying for me as a player who played them because it's like, eh, like they weren't that great. They were neat. But no, they just didn't neat. die. But now, now they have, um, well, they still have Vengeance, you know, still Weapon Masters. Now they're Mat 8 instead of Mat 7 for some reason. Uh, they're Speed 7 instead of Speed 6 for some reason. And then uh, they are also, they all possess Inhuman Resolve, which is the rule that keeps you from dying unless you, um, unless, unless you're still dead. Like you heal as other things die around you and so, and all that stuff. So like Savagery is good for taking them out. Uh, Thyron gives them extra speed. Uh, you can get sprint on them from Narn, uh, and then uh, Thyron's feet gives them duelist and plus two mat, but the plus two mat is kind of whatever. You go to mat 10, fine, uh, and then duelist is plus two def against melee attacks, and then repost as well. So they're def 17. Oh, and they got shield wall, so they can't be knocked down when they're base to base. So they're def 17, they do not die if you hit them, if you miss them, they hit you back. And they just can't be knocked down the whole time. So it's like there's there's a situation where you can easily, easily, if you're if their caster is a little bit too close somewhere, you can run them in a pot of three, surround their caster, caster can't move, and is gonna be stuck there for a turn. Wow. Because you can't kill those models. They do not go away from the board. <laughs> so well, feel, feel free to not play that against me. It's gross. Yeah. And and just like everything that happens, like we were playing a stats game, uh, it was especially versus Andy, um, where it's just like, oh, I'm just like Matt 12. And he's like, OK, well, I'm, I'm Matt 11. <laughs> it's just, so he did kind of negate my feet, but it was still very like, oh, what's the mat? Oh, it doesn't matter. It, I'm, what did I roll? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I got you. It's just very silly. But yeah, you definitely want it, especially locally. Savagery has got to go in the list. Yeah, is got. I, I heard. I heard you say a lot of that as I was there walking around watching games. You said that to John like five times. You're like, it doesn't matter what you roll. It do, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's it matter. it's stupid. Yeah. yeah, the Thyron is such an interesting. I've always loved Thyron, and they just made him perfect. He's perfect. All right. There's good. he's like the perfect caster. So it's good. it's it's good for me, but it is a problem. I mean, I don't know that it's a problem in general. I think he's beatable. It's just kind of. I haven't had a caster before where it's like he does literally everything, you know, all the things that you could want. He does. You just give him savagery and you give him the Isla sight card uh, for the list. Like, and then like, then he solves every problem and he presents problems. 
Um, yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of absurd. It's I could I could go on and on. He he's very interesting to me uh, because you always liked him, and it sounds like they finally made him. Yeah, uh, so playable that you know that you know it, it, it's met your dream that you wanted for him when he when he wasn't as good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. They gave him flashing blades, which is like my favorite spell. Um, and now he's you basically. I I cannot think of a reason you would not feed turn two. You always feed turn two unless you feed it turn one. Like that's what's his uh, what's his feet do? You I so said it, I forgot. I only even said part of it. His feet is plus two speed for everything that starts in his control range. Right. Uh, which is a little nuance. You have to start in his control range. So it only affects models that activate after his feet. So gotcha. like if you, if they go first, they don't get it at all. Uh, so plus two speed, um, plus two mat, and then duelist and repost. So duelist oh is the plus God. two defense against melee yeah. attacks. Yeah. Yeah. And then repost lets you swing back. So like, and then his spell list is such that he's got deflection, so he can protect him, protect his army on the way in. Right. Um, he has battle lust, so you can make those misses like very bad for your opponent. Yeah, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, John clocked himself trying to figure out how not to get killed on his turn on your feet turn. Yeah, and yeah. a significant part of the feat is that you have to start in my control range, but you don't have to stay in it. So you can spread out entire, just everywhere, all over the map. And you just like jam the spears straight down the middle. They can't be like, they're just there forever. And then, you know, you've got um, uh, the uh, Mage Hunter Assassins who are going to be def 17. And, oh you know, with their three inch chain whips that can decap. <laughs> like decap. it's, and Narn is running around at def 17. <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's awful. Don't do that. Oh, and so it's kind of like, I always feet turn two because why wait? Like yeah, if you if yeah. you out threat me, well, I mean I'm deaf seventeen. Good luck. If yeah. I out threat you, oh boy, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. And then it's just it's it's all over the place. It's right. great. Well, I'm glad you're having fun with them. I can't wait to play them on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> well, now that I've read the Storm Legion fluff, I'm probably playing them again. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Arthur, do you have a top five list for us tonight? No. Okay. So, of course, I have a top five list. What's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you fool. Oh, me. got him again. Yeah, got him again. So, if you could actually now read that top five list, I'd be grateful. All right. Well, first, I have a trivia question for you. Do you know what next week is? Or maybe it's the week after that, but I'm pretty sure it's next week. What right. holiday uh, is next week? We mean, other than July Fourth. That one. Independence. That's Day? the one. Okay. Yeah. Look, you got it right on your first try. Yeah, yeah. So, in the spirit, day. right, in the spirit of one of my favorite lifetime holidays, um, because of fireworks, I thought I would name the top five best fireworks of all time. Ooh. Mm. All right, go for it. Okay. Well, you know what? To start off, we'll go with number five. We're going to go with the classic jumping jack. But actually, I'm going to upgrade that. I'm going to make it something called the Ground Bloom, which is a jumping jack. It's just about the size of three jumping jacks, uh. all in one. Now, the goal of these things, or even jumping jacks for that matter. No, you don't burn off your fingers. You don't stop it. Now, the goal is you want to open up every pack in a mat of jumping jacks, right? And uh -huh. you want to arrange them in like a hexagon or an octagon shape. And you want to make sure that all the fuses are pointed in the middle. 
Okay. <laughs> then you're going to get two loose jumper jacks. So after you've made about, you know, six high, seven high, eight high, you know, and you figure either six or eight sides, depending on what you made, uh, you have a lot of fuses in the middle. And then the goal is to take two loose jumping jacks, twist those two fuses together, light that, and drop them in the middle of fuses. And then see who can get burned least by running <laughs> through your life. <laughs> because Hence the name, right? Yeah, well, yeah. because well, jumping jacks normally just bounce around on the floor, but when you start getting them off the ground, they fly. Mm. And you can get them, like, they'll actually go up as high as, like, two stories, and, you know, the, the spread is, is huge. And, and that's just a lot of fun. Um, that's just a good time. There's nothing better than... Number yeah, four. That, that, and that, you know, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, number four. Uh, number four is a tough one. But, uh No. Yeah, that's the problem. A lot of people aren't going to know what the hell I say, but that's okay. Nothing new there. Uh, number four is, I guess, kind of has to be the quintessential Roman candle. Oh, yeah. Um, and only because, because I'm not a huge fan of Roman candles, but the fact that you can shoot them at other people and have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, Roman uh, mortar. You know, yeah, I mean, it's the best way to play cops and robbers, which, oh, kids, ask your parents. Um, cops and robbers was a game that people used to do before devices were invented. And, you know, a lot of times people say, like, no, you didn't shoot me. Well, it's pretty hard to argue when a fireball whaps you in the side of the face, whether or not I hit you or not. Because, you know, you, it's a fireball. Yeah. You have so, a third degree burn. I'm pretty sure I got you. Yeah, yeah. And it's only like a first degree. It's nothing. Um, anyway, moving on. Number three on the list is uh, the next three are very dear to me. And uh, I almost want to, like, drive to Ohio so I can buy some. Um Number three is something called the news transmitter, which is basically like a little box with a bunch of tubes in it. And, you know, you light the one fuse and it's a cake, right? So it just shoots uh, a bunch of shots and makes a bunch of whistles uh, and, you know, flares up. It's very nice. And then uh, number two for me is a kaleidoscope, which is virtually the same thing. And then number three, uh, number one, rather, which is the most important one. Um, and I have a story about this, of course, is Saturn's missiles. Saturn's missiles are—they're a box, and you get a whole bunch of little plastic bottle rocket type deals, and they basically just keep going, like, woo, 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 you know, and they just, yeah, they just keep shooting out all over the place. And they used to make a twenty-five shot and a hundred shot, and then about fifteen years ago, I was somewhere, and I came home with a three hundred shot, and I was in my oh, freaking glory. Wow. Now, yeah, I was at my friend Danny's house at this time. We had a little barbecue, and I was setting up. You know, like a couple of hundred ground blooms, those giant style uh, yeah. jumping jacks I referred to earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was setting those up in the shape and I had all the fuses in the middle and I never really worked with ground blooms like this before. And I was like, no, this is going to be awesome. And uh, just as I was about to uh, kind of get it ready and I was going to like light it in an hour, but it was in the street. The cops rolled down the block and this was uh, possibly like Giuliani's last year. Uh, where the cops are really douchey when it came to fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so so they kind of gave me a like a thousand dollar ticket. Nice. Um, and just yeah. Well, the problem, the thing was though, I was in a house full of correction officers. <laughs> um. And so I think the guy did me a solid because he was with his sergeant, and the sergeant was a douche. But the guy never put down the proper penal violation, penal code violation. And the ticket got dismissed. So I lucked out. But nice. 
during the confiscation process, they stole my 300 shot status missiles. So to this day, I actually never got to light one of those. Mm. And so I really need a 300 shot status missiles so I can enjoy that gloriousness of watching and listening to 300 whistling bottle rockets come launching out of a box up into the sky. <laughs> nice. Hey, that was a really great list. Thank you for sharing. That was very cool. I haven't thought about some of those things in a very long time. Exactly. All right. So now we're going to move on to some closing thoughts. And I will start with Mr. Rabideau. So Mr. Cottonelli can get some time to get his thoughts together after that glorious list. Mr. Rabideau, closing thoughts, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the fluff. I think Wolf is cool. I like I like that he took in Athena as sort of a daughter. And uh, yeah, I agree with all the all the uh, undead guys. I think Hazaroth is kind of a jerk, kind of a loser. He's right. big, but got nothing going on up there. Okay, Mr. Cottonelli, a closing thought for us, sir? It's okay if you don't have one. Uh, I, I would like to say updated and a brand new Rulik army featuring all types of new dwarfs um and that, that, that that's 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 where i'm at did you I see the uh those. did you see the render the of the the electric hammer dwarf i thought that no. was a new signar caster he's he's the he's in the signar catter or cadre or whatever oh oh boy so i'm just saying <laughs> oh boy why can't we just have a dwarven army again <laughs> Hey, we may, we may. But first, let's get out all the stuff that they need to get out before we worry about something new. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 18. Look for me and Arthur in Syracuse. And this <laughs> is Seth Cohen saying, everybody wants to sit in the big chair till that chair starts getting hot. <laughs>